Welcome to the Garden Culture Podcast hosted by me, Bailey Van Tassel. I'm a self-taught gardener, busy wife and mother, and small business owner on a mission to live a garden-inspired life. Each month, we will explore what's going on in the garden and fields, as well as get to know incredible people who infuse their own lives with the magic of the garden. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned here, please visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast. Today, I have an amazing friend coming on the podcast. Annette of Azure Farm is where you can find her online. But Annette has been someone I've known for almost five years. And aside from an incredible life's journey that took her from being a nurse to a wedding gown designer to now this homestead farm life creator, um, She is someone I really admire when it comes to seasonal eating, uh, plant-based eating, if that interests you. She is a wealth of information, and I'm excited today for you guys just kind of have an ear in the chat. It's just a conversation where we get to sort of talk about the benefits of seasonal eating, why we're super passionate about it. And I believe it's so timely starting in January, if there's any change I can recommend that anyone makes, whether it's adding or taking away. Annette and I will talk a lot about this. It's about choosing fresh first. So incorporating fresh ingredients into your diet that are seasonal and local. So we're going to talk about why we think it's super, actually why science tells us that it's so important Um, and just dig into the goodness that is seasonal eating. You guys are going to love Annette. She's the best. Hello, beautiful Miss Annette. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for joining me. I am honored. It's so fun. It's super fun because I was on your podcast like, I feel like that was over a year ago. Yeah, it was actually, which is wild to think already. It (laughs) is. I'm so grateful for our friendship. You've been one of the like foundational friendships that I've had since sort of joining Instagram and social media and all kinds of crazy things. And we've done so many cool things together. I know it's weird now, you know, it's, uh, there's always that, um, some people have the, you know, negative thought towards social media or you just don't know. And honestly, for me, meeting people like you has been such a blessing in my life. And it's been so cool. I think to have, you know, true friendships out of something that maybe you wouldn't expect, you know? So I, for me, it's been really fun. So thank you. Well, I think what's been cool is we got to know each other because we both have this shared interest in gardening. You're even more hardcore because you have a farm in Georgia and like homestead and raise all these amazing animals, but we both had that in common. And then as we got to know each other and, um, I know you'll probably share some of your story here, but you didn't always start out living the farm life. And that was so surprising when I got to know you because you have this like sprawling acreage that's so stunning, but you started out in a totally different world designing wedding dresses. I know. Isn't it weird? It's crazy. I feel like I, I, I think I'm a very firm believer in that, you know, life takes you many different places. There's different journeys you go on. And I'm a believer that you don't have to do the same thing your whole life if you don't want to, or if a new 
opportunity arises. And so I feel like I have done a wide range of (laughs) of things in my life. Um, But I think now um, has made me the happiest, which I think is why I'm so excited to, to share about it with people, because I think I've I'm the most grounded and kind of fulfilled I've ever been just really, yeah, caring for plants and animals. So that that's been really a wonderful thing. I love that. Well, and that actually brings me to a question that I've not asked you before, but when you stopped designing wedding dresses, did you go back to school to do your work like in the ER or were you doing that on the side already? I know. So probably somebody's listening and they're like, what in the world? <laughs> All these things. I know. Uh, well, so I, I know it's wild. Um, I went to college for a nursing degree. So that was my, I guess my actual like college degree profession. Um, so I practice as a nurse for, I've been a nurse for almost 18 years. So um, I did that for a, a while, a while. And then when I got married, I always loved design and wedding dresses and, you know, who doesn't love like I don't know, fashion and, and all that sort of thing. And so I was drawn to that. And my husband, whom I was marrying at the time, was very entrepreneurial. Like his whole family was just all about it. And he was like, why don't you just start a wedding dress, you know, design company? And I was like, that's would never happen. You know, it's just <laughs> it was totally like, just not something, you know, on my mind. Um, but I did, I started it slowly and it ended up doing really well. And it was just a wild experience. I had dresses in New York fashion week and did all these things. And so during that time I cut way, way back on nursing. I did it like PRN while I did wedding gowns, just cause I loved, it's weird. I feel like I had, was using the left side of my brain and the right side of my brain. And, um, once we ended up like totally shifting our life and deciding we were going to just move into the country and kind of do something different, the whole wedding dress thing was, it was going to be harder. First of all, just, it was going to, I would be further away from like the city of Atlanta. I live in Georgia currently. And it just wasn't, I don't know. It just didn't seem like such a fit anymore. It seemed like that chapter, I'd done that chapter for like 10 years and I kind of closed that chapter. And then I did nursing more at that point for a while until I started dabbling kind of in this social media world and started sharing our farm and, and things we do there. And then that in its own turned into a business. And so then last year, well, it's almost like a year and a half ago, I stopped working completely at the hospital and now I'm home and, and do farm, farm things and farm business things and all of that. So yeah, it's like a wild ride, I guess, through the years. (laughs) I love that though. I think that journey is what's so interesting and exciting. And so many people are going through that right now where like with this whole, like the great resignation where everyone is moving to the country and starting a farm, which, you know, this is not a passing trend for you and Jared and your family by any means. Um, I think for some people there's this glorification of running. I mean, even myself, I feel like there are so many days I'm like, we just need to leave California and buy a farm in Tennessee and like live that life. But it is so, so, so much work. It is, it's full time (laughs) and you have all the fun animals like alpacas and donkeys. I mean, yeah, it is fun, but it's definitely, it's definitely a lot. Um, and some days I'm like, what am I thinking? You know, like, what am I doing? Um, but you know what I, one thing I would tell anyone is that I wish someone would have told me 
you know, years ago, that there are so many things you can do in your daily life to experience some of the benefits I've had from, you know, quote unquote, being in the country, um, just in your daily life now. And there's things I wish I would have implemented way back then, whether it's like learning some, you know, skills or even really growing food. Um, it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to live on acreage. And I feel like that's something you, you know, preach as well, which I think is wonderful. It's like, you don't need a ton of land. You don't need to have all these things to live an intentional life. And, um, it's just, you have to make the decision. That's what you want. And I wish somebody would told me that years ago, you know? Yeah, for sure. And just, yes, I know. Yeah. That's definitely, I think one of my missions with the podcast, with Instagram, with the way I live my life at all is like, I guess why I share anything um, is because of that discovery that I was kind of searching for a feeling and Mm. I didn't need to uproot my, you know, upend my entire life and drag my whole family out of the state on a Mm -hmm. whim to go pursue like, you know what I mean? This very Mm -hmm. sort of random vision. Idyllic kind of vision. Yeah. Yeah. You can totally start to unpack what it is about that vision that you, what you want to feel, you know? And for me, Mm -hmm. a lot of that was about raising my kids with character and with nature as a, you know, big focus. And you can really do that anywhere. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's just not something I think maybe people tell you enough, you know, Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I've, I've even felt a little bit sometimes like, Oh, you know, everyone, you know, send messages on Instagram or say things like, Oh, this is so great. I wish, I wish, you know, we could, you know, do all these things. And I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) you know, (laughs) know, start, start now, you know, doing certain things, spending that quality time with your kids, like you said, exposing them to nature, And you don't need to wait because honestly, you're missing out on things that could be so beneficial to your life and your relationships and, and just your health in general. Um, So yeah, it's crazy now. It's like, we've been here almost seven years, which seems Mm. really wild to me um, that it's now been that long and kind of this, this journey, but yeah, it's, it's been a very fulfilling one. So I think we're going to stick it out. (laughs) I think we're going to stick it out. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Well, so today I want to be really on topic because I feel like I could just, oh yeah, no, we could just do coffee chat, but (laughs) I'm excited because also you and I haven't had an extensive conversation about this, although you were so generously one of the experts in the Kitchen Garden Society talking about the subject of seasonal eating. And I learned so much from the video that you shared with us and we have it now in the archives. So any of the members can, can watch it anytime, but it really, first of all, there are some incredible facts about why you should be eating vegetables in peak season. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is, it's a bit of a life change. And so I'm actually really excited to hear from you just the background and how you approach the way that you eat. And I think this is super timely as well, because, you know, January, beginning of the year, everyone's like starting something or ending something. But the way I personally approach it and after, you know, getting information from you and just getting better educated is like trying to set a goal each month to introduce seasonal fruits and veggies Mm -hmm. in like an approachable way for my family. I don't need to like overhaul everything all the time. But yeah, from the beginning though, for you, I guess, how did you get started on more of like a seasonal eating approach? 
And have you always been plant-based? Two questions in one. Okay. Yeah. So I'll answer the plant-based question first. So I grew up vegetarian. My parents raised me vegetarian. Um, So my parents actually were born and raised in Cuba um, and they have amazing stories all on their own. But in Cuba, for many different reasons, um, they became vegetarian. And then when they came to the States, I was born here. They raised me vegetarian. So um, just later on in life during college, I met my husband and we we're both, I guess he was vegetarian as well, which is makes, made it easier for me. <laughs> um, but we kind of just were like, you know, we just were looking to be even maybe more healthy. And he actually had a health crisis after he went to India and he got like this really weird parasite in India. And oh man, long story short, we decided let's just go plant-based. And so it's been like that for the last probably 15 years and moving out here, when I say moving out here, meaning like into, I guess, I don't know, what is the country? It sounds weird. Moving out of Atlanta, like out of the city city, more into kind of land. Our goal was to grow more of our own food. And I think then really since I moved out here is when I really started maybe appreciating the seasons more uh, and really realizing just how there's different cycles and life depending on the season. And so gardening kind of showed me like, oh, wow, you know, there's certain things obviously that grow in spring that you can't grow in summer or, you know, winter and fall. And so back then I started thinking, okay, let me always try to incorporate something fresh that we're currently growing into our meals. So I feel like that's maybe where that's really started is when I really started gardening and realizing what was available to me in season. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And I think that, I mean, I've had a similar journey where it's like, you've got this food. So obviously yeah, you, you start to have an understanding of what's ready. Yeah. <clears throat> and likewise, like what's available in the store, but not ready <laughs> in an right. actual garden. Right. And I think that's one of those things that you, you know, obviously it's so nice in, in our world today where we live, you know, we have the convenience of, we can just go to the grocery store and pretty much anything you want is there, you know? And as wonderful as that is, you know, I think the experience of honestly working in the hospital for a long time and seeing people so, so sick, you know, I realized I want to do even more than just eat healthy. Like, how can you, how can I increase my family's, like, you know, nutrient dense food even more than just eating more fruits and veggies? Because I think we all know like, Hey, if we eat more fruits and veggies, that's good for us. You know, obviously like, I want to do that, but how can I make it even like better than just incorporating that? And I realized, you know, if I eat things within their seasons, there's just so many health benefits that I can give to my family even more than if I was just eating more fruits and veggies. I had a girlfriend recently text me and she was like, call me back. I have to tell you something. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> instant anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of I call her. She's like, Oh my God, I like, you're going to die when you hear this. And I'm like, what's up? She's like, I just <laughs> went to the doctor and I have to start taking like all these vitamins and supplements because basically our food is not as nutrient dense as it used to be like in the fifties. Right. And right. even if we eat like the quote unquote recommended amount of fruits and veggies, it's not giving us like the actual amount of nutrients that we need to be thriving. 
And yeah. I was like, you sound excited to be telling me this. <laughs> she's like, no, I think it just further, you know, she's like, I learned, my doctor was telling me it's because of like soil health in the country. And I, it's, she was saying like, basically the only way to have, you know, the best food possible is to grow it yourself and you garden. I'm like, yeah, babe, like this is, this is why we do what we do. She's like, like did I'm you know this? You. I was like, yes, of course I knew this. Oh, but people don't like, it seems like, and that's what's wild. It's like, you want to tell people like, Hey, you know, there are things you can do to, to be healthier. And it's wild. Isn't that so sad that our soil is so depleted that, you know, the, the same thing you would have eaten 50 years ago is not the same, you know? So it's like, Oh man, that's just a bummer, but you can do some things, you know, to, you, you do have the power to, in a degree to do something about it, I think. Absolutely. And I do think that's wild. And I don't think it's talked about that much. And so you shared a statistic and I don't want to make you like drag a fact out of your brain that's not prepared, but about like the vitamin C level, I think in broccoli or something. Yeah. I was looking into all these studies and there was a study that was done on, on broccoli specifically and it's vitamin C content. And it said that, you know, broccoli grown in season. So a lot of times in the fall is considered its best season has almost twice as much the amount of vitamin C as one grown out of season. So it's like, well, that's a big deal. Oh, like, totally. that's a lot, you know? And it's like, when you start thinking about, it's like 60, 50, 60 years ago, pretty much for anyone. And let's, I'm going to speak to the United States. And I think this was also for some of Europe, but it's like 70% of your produce was sourced from about a hundred miles from you. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everything was being picked fresh. That's pretty, you know, pretty local, right? hundred miles is pretty close. Mm-hmm. And you were getting that fresh, you know, grown, probably picked not that long ago produce. Well, whereas now it's like, you know, everything on average is coming to you from at 1500 miles away. Mm. So, you know, it's crazy. I didn't realize and tell me if I'm going way into too much detail, but, um, that fruit and vegetables go through like an actual, it's like a process called respiration, which I thought was really cool. So it's like the second you pick it, it's does, it's almost like it's breathing away. It's vitamins and minerals. Mm. It starts to decay and die. So for example, a strawberry does it much quicker than an apple would. Because, you know, mm-hmm. you see strawberries, you get a strawberry in the store, they go bad pretty quick, you know, yeah. in the fridge or whatever. Um, whereas an apple, the respiration process of an apple is much slower. So, you know, that's where you have to think of, all right, if I'm eating something in season, it hasn't had that much time to like, quote unquote, die and lose some of those vitamins and minerals that are key, you know, that I need, um, you know, for my health. Okay. So question for you. I don't know the answer to this and never too many details. I love this. I'm like geeking out. So I think one of the things that just makes me cringe about the grocery store is how much ripening off the vine or off the tree is done with a chemical, like in the back of a grocery store. So does that affect the respiration process? Meaning if it doesn't ever reach its full, like vine ripened potential, does it cut short the capabilities even of the fruit for reaching, you know, I think so. I think they're meant to do that. I think, um, I think they do that so that the, because if not, you, I mean, they could never keep anything, you know, fresh really in a store. 
Um, So I think, you know, a lot of it, and it's interesting because um, it's things like, I mean, there's chemical gases and then some also use like heat processes um, Mm. to coat things. It's like an edible film, I guess, that's mostly coated. So they say specifically like bananas are artificially ripened um, with like a gas. And tomatoes too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It sounds a little, it all sounds a little scary, but I think the stuff, all of that is made to stop (laughs) the dying process, to stop the plant, you know, but it's like, sure, maybe it's retained some of its nutrients because it's like stopped it from dying, but then you're getting the chemicals that it's, that are put into it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if that really, yeah, I don't know. Is it better? Well, what I mean, not only are you like missing key nutrients and like significant amounts of nutrients, but the flavor gap, like there's the flavor is just not even close. That's what's like huge, right? Like it just tastes so much better. You know that like a tomato, it's like, I mean, sure. I've, I've had to buy tomatoes out of season, you know, if like whatever, but it does not taste good. Like it's, it's not as fun as when you pick a tomato that, you know, is in season. And I feel like it only further plays into this American diet concept of why we have to add so much to everything to get it to taste good. Like why people are adding so much salt and so much sugar into everything because like nothing, you know, few things are being grown in the backyard or like you said, at a local farm. Um, Oh my gosh. What was I going to say? So the other thing, the ex- an experience that I feel like everyone has to experience themselves is I can tell with most fruit, veggies, berries in my garden, there's a feeling like mm-hmm. in my hands of the ripeness and readiness. Mm-hmm. Like there's this mm-hmm. heaviness and like this density. I And I don't know how to describe it. It's not even, I don't even know if it would be like a weight difference, but there's like a feeling. I don't even, and I don't want to get too woo woo. Yeah, you know no, me, I, I will. Yeah, 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 but it's yeah. like a ripe <laughs> tomato from the grocery store in your hand versus a ripe tomato from your garden in your hand feels different. Mm-hmm. It does. And I think it's just the fact that what's in the grocery store, especially out of season is picked so early because it's coming from so far that they're hoping by the time it gets to you, it's looks the most ripe and ready, but it's not going to be as ripe or ready as something, you know? And and when I say like growing in your backyard, I 100% know not everyone can grow their own food, you know, or has the capability of growing enough food to feed their family. Like I do some, but we don't do enough. Um, So it's like, it doesn't mean that. It just means like, hey, you could get something from a local farmer's market or from a local farm that's in season and fresher and ripe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't have to be that you're like, you know, um, Mm. growing all your own food. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty much impossible for most, most most everyone. So, you know, I think it's just, yeah, it's just saying like, hey, what am I gonna do to maybe be, help be a little bit healthier, you know, in this next year or whatever. Well, look and see what's in season in your area. It depends what zone, in a sense, you know, what zone you are, where you live, what's in season for your time of year, and then make your kind of menu or meal plan based on that and not just the other way around, which is what I used to do. You know, I used to be like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I want to make this this week and go get whatever I need for that. Now it's like, well, what's in season? What do I have? And plan my meals around that. Oh, I love that. So you're sitting down and thinking about what's fresh and available to me and what can I do with this? 
Yeah. And then moving from there, which is brilliant. Yeah. yeah it's we a had- different way of doing it. You know, I think I had to, I had to switch around my way of cooking, I guess. But I think that's, dare I say, like the, the right way to do it. <laughs> there's no yeah. right, there's no yeah. wrong, but I think yeah. that's a really beautiful way of, of looking at it's it. That thought. It's like what you said, it's, you know, you go out in your backyard and you're like, look, I have some fresh herbs and I've got, you know, this, I feel like you do that, you know, oh, yeah. how can you incorporate that in your meal? And so I think it's that, I think it's, if you're not growing it, that's okay. Just ask yourself, you know, what's more in season. So it could be very broad. It, Obviously the seasons are like months long, right? This isn't like, you know, what's ripe this week. It's, it's, you know, it's like a, it's a period of time. So you could just say, Hey, you know, in the summer, you know, what's more in season, you know, you've got your cucumbers, your tomatoes, you know, your berries, watermelons, all those things. So how do I plan things around that? You know, it's really cool too. This is where I geek out more too. Like, I think our bodies are made to, you know, need what's in season. So like summer, like you need hydration, like you're losing electrolytes. It's more hot. And I feel like you've got those things like cucumbers and watermelon, like a lot of things with water content in them, which is really interesting. Yes. And it's like winter, you're like more sick, you need more vitamins and you have things like citrus and all these things that have tons of vitamin C. And it's like, wow, you know, like it's not just, it's just your body needs that stuff to be to be healthy, you know? Yes. So I, I mean, this is science um, and I couldn't agree more. I even take it a step further and feel like when you get into foraging and like hyper local mm-hmm. available ingredients, I believe mm-hmm. that those are there to help people and animals biologically oh, for sure. get their needs met in, in like the ecosystem that you actually live in too. Mm-hmm. So like where we are, there are a lot of things that are forageable that wouldn't be anywhere else, but since we're in this, you know, Southern California sort of desert climate, it's what we need. And then what you guys have available would be mm-hmm. what you need. I just isn't think that cool though. Oh, it's I, the best. Yeah. I just think like, Oh, I just think that's, that's amazing. And that's so wonderful. Like, wow. How awesome that you can have maybe what you need or what your body needs based on where you are. Um, that's just like amazing. Okay. Real quick. I want to tell you about the kitchen garden society. It's my monthly gardening club for all levels of gardener and in all U.S. hardiness zones. We're helping gardeners everywhere save time, maximize your yield, and build your true instincts. Each month in the Kitchen Garden Society, you get a to-do list of what to be harvesting, sowing, and transplanting, as well as what you should tend and task to. You get seasonal recipes and deep dive timely lessons to accompany the skills you're going to need in the garden this time of year. We hear from experts each month and get daily inspiration for seasonal living, as well as the opportunity to share and ask questions in our members-only Facebook group. I hope you'll visit us at thekitchengardensociety.com and check it out. So for you guys, I guess as you were making a change, because I'm thinking about someone that's listening to this, it's like, okay, I want to just clean things up, eat better, eat seasonally. What are some tips that you have, I guess, in just making any changes to your diet slash lifestyle, even though you are already sort of raised vegetarian and then going a little bit more strict into plant-based, were there any like practical tips that helped you guys really stick to it? I do think if you're going as far as like what I've done, it does help to plan a little bit and have like those like 
staples in your home of things, you know, you'll need a lot or eat a lot because I think the hardest thing with being probably even plant-based is if you don't have, you know, certain ingredients on hand or certain protein or things on hand, I think it's easy to just be like, Oh, forget it. I'm going to just do whatever today. Cause I don't have what I need. So I would say it does take a little more planning, but once you do that, I think it just becomes a part of what you, what you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but in general, just for healthier eating, I always just feel like it starts with, okay, can, what can I add that's fresh? So it's like, doesn't matter what your meal is. What can I add that's fresh? So like raw, not cooked. So a lot of times for me, that's even just herbs, which I feel like we all can have a lot of times access to. And it's also something you can grow fairly easily. Um, and I think that in itself, those have so many wonderful properties and just benefits. And I think it's just an easy way to add a lot of good flavor to your meals as well as healthy benefits in a not complicated yeah. man- manner. Totally. You know what I mean? So that's totally. always my thing. I say like, Hey, add, try to add something fresh and maybe start with like herbs, <laughs> fresh herbs, yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, like and, and there's some that are more in season. Like, you know, right now, like rosemary, it's like that can withstand. I mean, I'm in a climate where it's not like super cold, but we get pretty cold and we can get frost and stuff. And the rosemary is just happy out there, you know, just really excited. And it's just nice. I can add that to like my potatoes. I can add that, you know, there's so many things and it tastes better. And I'm like, Hey, I added something good for me today. You know? Yes. <laughs> um, I, I think people think you have to do like big changes or big steps. And that I think can be overwhelming. And I I hate that, you know, I don't want it to sound overwhelming. I think it needs to be like simple things like, you know, baby steps, I think lead to changes where if you then implement them all the time, it just becomes a part of what you do. Yeah, for sure. You know, what, how, I guess, what percentage of the food you guys eat comes from your garden? I mean, it depends on the time of year. Yep. <laughs> so right now when we're hitting like winter and there's not a lot happening, I mean, mm, probably 30%. Um, when we're in like full-blown summer with, you know, it's like the garden's really booming. I, I mean, maybe more like 70%. And that's where it's like fresh things, right? So I'll keep like, you know, staples of like, I eat a lot of for protein, like beans and things like that. So we'll keep lots of storage in terms of like grains and, you know, flowers and all those things. But the fresh stuff, we try to incorporate what we're growing first and then supplement um, as needed, I guess. Yeah. I know I get asked that question and I'm the opposite. We eat a lot more from the garden in fall because it's easier to grow a lot of fall things where we are and there's just way less obstacles with, um, with weather and pests. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but the summer veggies are more fun to cook. with. Sure. (laughs) You know what though? I will say so fall, I'm I'm thinking right now, like, Oh, it's almost winter, right? It's, it's technically fall for what? Two more days, one more day. Um, but, um, I do love fall because we, I do think there's a lot more versatility to the, to what you can grow. Um, and like, even just, I harvested some cabbage last week that we grew and I love cabbage. Cause I feel like there's 
lots of things you can do with it, especially time of year. It's like, well, I put it in soup or will I eat it raw in a salad or, you know, there's so many things. So I, I do personally love fall the most, I think in terms of what we grow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Do you, what do you have, what are you growing, I guess, in fall in addition to your cabbage? So we had cauliflower, um, cabbage, broccoli, different types of cabbage. There's lettuces growing. There's still some now, but we're going to hit like a super cold, which I'm like, come on, really cold front for over the holiday. And, um, it'll be, I need to like just harvest that lettuce. Cause I don't think it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna survive this cold, but, um, a lot of arugula, a lot of greens and then, um, carrots, that sort of thing. It's probably my, the main things we normally grow. Um, and then now winter, like we have a greenhouse. So I'll have, I have a lot of greens in there. I'll do spinach and salad greens and things like that. And then I transplanted a bunch of our basil, um, and some of our tomato and pepper plants into the greenhouse and they're still producing, which is really cool. No way. Yeah. So I've got, I, I was actually pretty shocked because the greenhouse, I mean, we do have a heater in there. I mean, it stays warm, but it can get cold. It's not completely, you know, sealed fruit or, you know, or whatever, but yeah, there was a lot of tomatoes and lots of new flowers. So I was like, yay, this is great. <laughs> so we'll see if it can maintain, I don't know, but it's kind of fun to have a little piece of, um, I guess, summer in there still with the basil and all of that. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. The greenhouse growing is something new to me because we don't really need it where we are. Sure. Technically, sure. I have like a mini greenhouse that I start seedlings in I because it's those. just- I love it. It's so fun. It, it doesn't need to be big. Yours is perfect. It's perfect. It is. It's great for like the amount of seeds we need to start typically at one time. Um, like my spinach, I just, it's like you get in your rhythm and figure out exactly when to start it. Use the little micro greenhouse. It retains sure. so much moisture and heat and makes seed starting so, so easy. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm like blown away. It's one of my favorite little tools. Someone was asking me the other day about, or we were just chatting on this podcast. I think one of the recent guests I had on about like philosophies of gardening. You know, if anyone, mm-hmm. if you follow square foot gardening or back to Eden method yeah. or no till or all of them, whatever. Yeah. And I was saying like each gardener has their own way of doing things. Like I, you would, I could never tell you, like I follow some sort of special gardening protocol that yeah, includes same. this micro greenhouse. <laughs> that's like a main part of my strategy. That's like, you're not going to find that on the internet. That's like a me thing. But that's okay. It's, you can inspire people to do that because yes, it works. Yes, you know, for sure, for sure. And that, but I actually think also, and to like tie it into sort of seasonal easing, but seasonal eating is the local component, like knowing your hardiness zone, your microclimate, your little yard and what it's capable of is just so crucial. Yeah. And that is key when you're eating seasonally, because you kind of have to know what is in season near me or what would be, you know, and if you don't know your microclimate or where you are, then you're not going to be able to. So I say that's the first step, honestly, if you're wanting to eat more in season to figure out wh- where you are, <laughs> where you are, where are, where am I? Yes. You know, it's just, it's more inexpensive if you eat seasonally. Um, yeah. so just from a financial standpoint, you know, if, if you try to buy blueberries that are out of season, like let's say you're getting organic blueberries. I mean, it could be like $10 for a tiny, tiny 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like what, you know, whereas if it's in season, obviously it's much less expensive. So that's all also a benefit as well is you don't have to maybe spend as much money <laughs> um, because you are, you know, eating more seasonally. And it's, I think it's better for the planet too. You know, there's just so many components apart from it just being better for you, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's really, I'm, I'm becoming like very passionate about it, (laughs) which sounds silly. I guess I just wasn't using the term like seasonal eating, but, um, I'm just, it's become, it's in my awareness now so much more. And so we obviously have a climate that's conducive to a lot of produce year round. So I really have no excuses. Like our farm, (laughs) I mean, within a hundred miles, there's like huge, huge organic farms. I'm going to have a little thing to tell you. I'm very jealous of California people. (laughs) Okay. I showed my husband a video the other day of a friend of mine, another friend of mine was on Instagram and is like collecting buckets of oranges and Mm -hmm. clementines and lemons off their tree. And I'm like, Oh, come on. I know the citrus and the avocado. I know just, but again, I feel like, yeah, it, it's, it's okay because, Hey, you know, maybe we have other things here that you don't, not really. You have it all, Bailey. You have it all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. We don't, we don't. Well, and, but it's, yeah, it's all like different and crazy, but um, it's also, I will say that we pay a very high tax for having it all. Sure. sure. Okay. (laughs) That's the, there, that's where we benefit a little bit, I guess. You have to, you have to live in on a, you know, you don't get to have acreage because it's just, oh man, oh my word, it's crazy. I was going to say one thing, if, you know, if someone's like, well, um, how can I start, you know, how can I benefit from seasonal eating, you know, year round, if there's certain things, you know, that you want to enjoy later when it's not in season, you know, it's like, if you maybe like preserve or even can like tomatoes or different things, you can enjoy those later in the year. And I feel like that's, that's some of the skills that I wish someone would have taught me or told me to do even before I, you know, changed our lifestyle or whatnot. Yes. You can learn to preserve some of your own food and it doesn't have to be your own food. Like you can go to farmer's market and get tons of tomatoes, freeze them. Like just put them in your freezer. You don't even have to can them, freeze your tomatoes and make fresh sauce in December. Yes. And, okay. And it's like, that's going to be healthier, you know? I'm so glad you said that. Cause I do think a lot of people feel like it's, and this, I feel like, um, a similar principle. A lot of people feel like you are only a gardener. If you like start all your own no, veggies from seed, no. but like go buy things that are peak ripeness, Yes. stock up on them and preserve them, can them right. freeze them. Like, yes, I agree with you. Getting into that side of the lifestyle is so important. Um, and I think being willing to get out in the community and really invest in relationships there is super important too, because there are always gardeners or farmers or people that also have like bumper years where they, they like need people to take extra crops. And I do think that's a way to really infuse your life with that feeling that people, you know, people are just like, I want to like do this by my own hand. And that's a great way to do it. Yeah, I think so too. And just supporting like you said, it's just the support you can give a local farm and it's just, they need it. You know, they need it. I think, I think the big stores and everything kind of take over, you know, it's more convenient. It's easier. Um, 
but farmers to me are the <laughs> the backbone of, you know, our, like we need them, you yes, know? Yes. Um, so yeah, I would say, and it's just like, why not enjoy something, like, you know, like if you preserved it or you froze it or you did whatever, it's going to be healthy and good for you later on. And you know exactly where it came from. Totally. Um, and that's, what's nice, you know, like, you know, where your food comes from and you know, who grew it. And that to me is really invaluable. It's just for your health and, and your family. I totally agree. Okay. I want to ask, so I'm going to have all the details in the show notes of where to find you. First, I have to mention that anyone listening that wants to better get to know about seasonal eating has to check out your cookbook and it's broken down into the seasons. It's beautiful. The recipes are incredible. Um, So I, I can't let that go unsaid, but is there anything else you have in the works that you can tell us about just in general? Um, yeah, I'm actually going to do a whole course on this whole concept of seasonal eating, um, and whatnot. And so we have, my husband and I did this platform called homegrown and it's all about just providing information and resources for people who are wanting to learn about all these different things. So we've got a gardening course, we've got, I'll have a canning course up soon. And so this seasonal kind of eating course will have a lot more information and just to help someone, you know, um, so they can find more on that probably soon, but, um, yeah, the cookbook for this specifically is wonderful. I did it with my friend Angela and it just gives you ideas. It gives you ideas. It's got lists of what's in season for each time and ways to just incorporate that fresh, you know, all that fresh produce into your meals, no matter how you eat, you can be plant-based or eat however you like. You can still, I think, um, have the recipes work for you, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Well, and I feel like, um, the heart, at least I think protein is where people start the conversation. I feel like starches and proteins and then they're like vegetables, but having a cookbook, (laughs) that's very veg forward. I love because kind of like you're saying, you're starting with like the ingredient first and then you're building a recipe around it and then you build a meal around that. And it's just a really beautiful way to approach meal planning. Yeah. Hopefully it makes it easier. You know, I mean, that's the goal is to hopefully make it easier for you. So you're not like, Oh, what do I do? You know, because it is hard. I mean, it's hard and you know, it's, it's a lot and you know, life is busy. So no need to complicate it more. <laughs> Amen. You know? Amen, sister. Uh, no need to complicate ourselves. Oh There's gosh. enough going on, you know? <laughs> yes. Okay. So what's your website? So my my website for me is azurefarm.com. And I do, I have a blog and I do weekly blog posts and you can find a lot of information on gardening on there as well as just general kind of farm life, animal care, lots of recipes. And then if you go there, you can find a link to our homegrown platform which is livehomegrown.com. But there you can sign up. It's, um, yeah, it gives you access to a lot of different resources and information. And it's exciting. I feel like, honestly, I never thought I would, I don't know, be able to share and help, you know, help give people information on kind of like what we've done in our lifestyle. And I think if it even inspires you to do one thing, you know, that we've done, I think it'll benefit your life greatly. So that's the hope, I guess. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you for coming and chatting with me today. I just adore you. I adore you. You know, we're secretly twins. I like we to are. That. We, secretly. I mean, we still oh. look, we definitely could be 
sisters. She's like my twin. We're like the same height. Of it's course, crazy. everyone thinks you're like brown hair. It's like, well, you yeah. look the same. <laughs> Tall brunette, identical. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I think actually it looks like we might actually be able to meet this next year. So I'm very excited. I think yes. we've, we've known each other, you know, for so long. But now maybe we'll actually be able to see how how much we look alike in person, which will be I fun. Know. <laughs> I know. That will be fun. I'm very excited. I know. I'm going to start sharing more about that too, the workshop um, with Nisha at Farm Lux, but I'm excited to do that with you. I know. I'm so excited. It'll be wonderful. And I think, yeah, just anything, if I'm like, if I were to say like one thing to anyone, it would be, if you can just find a way to get outdoors more and incorporate, you know, things from the outdoors into your home, I think you will truly benefit. So. I love that. I love that. We will end with that then. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bailey. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. I hope this episode has been balm for the soul and inspiration for the heart. I would love if you left a review to let me know your thoughts or anything you're interested in learning. And I'm so grateful that you found this space. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned, visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast.